Yesterday, I actually do have something going on with me. Yesterday, and it's been for, I don't know, maybe three months, maybe six months, maybe a little bit longer than that even. Uh, the TV in my house has been very on the fritz, dude. It's been very, like... I don't know, like, the top half of the picture, like, quality has declined. So, like... You, didn't you buy this TV since this show's been No, 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 no. I bought this, the TV I have in my house now. I don't know. I bought that five, six, seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was well well before well before we worked here. Well before I even lived back in Ohio. I bought that when I still lived in Michigan. So, seven oh. years ago is what I'm going to say. Well, it's a Michigan TV. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to say. Not so, the top half of the picture just started to, like, deteriorate. And then it all kind of did. And then the top half got even worse where it was like sometimes there would be like discoloration and stuff and like it just looked bad and last night I'm sitting there and I've been rolling it around in my mind for I don't know three months now where it's like dude you're gonna have to buy a new TV soon and I'm just waiting for it to crap out I'm waiting for it to crap out I'm waiting for it to crap out and last night I'm sitting there and my girlfriend said something to me she's like god the TV looks so bad and I'm like F it and just went on I've been researching it loosely for the past I don't know three months went on last night and bought myself a new TV 65 inch LG TV right there oh nice all smarted out and all that stuff Got it's it, smart uh, huh yeah oh yeah it's all intelligence see like alright so I have a 55 LG and uh, I bought that since moving here and um, and it was pretty cheap. I think I got. I mean, I think it was under six hundred. I mean, it wasn't like. I mean, TVs are reasonably priced. Very reasonably priced. And um, now sixty five, you go smart. Probably a little bit more money there. I'm just going to guess eleven hundred. Right, In right, that general vicinity, yeah, yeah somewhere yeah. right around there is what I'll guess. Um, you're not afraid of the smart TVs, huh? What do you mean? Well, I, now this may be tinfoil hat territory. Throw it on. But the whole thing is like all these things listen to you. Right, your phone, your mm-hmm. like everything, dude. You're not worried about your TV because those things. Have, I mean, dude, it has a camera in it too, right? Um, I don't think it has a camera in it. No, I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't it think it does. So. Oh, I thought those smart TVs have cameras no. so you can like voice command and like you know what I mean. It might have a recording device, but I don't. I don't think it has a camera in it. Um, and as far as that goes, but I already have my phone in my pocket, so like that microphone is already on me literally at all times. All times. And if I'm going to just be like, eh, yeah, but I have to have my phone. I mean, that's TV. Well, I mean, you got a smart speaker in your house too, right? So like at that point, it's just like I don't have any of that stuff. But you got a phone in your pocket at all times. Yeah. Now let me ask you: If I shut that thing off, does that does that protect me from the microphone in it recording me? Probably not, right? You think it does? It doesn't, though. Just right? like you think, well, if I turn that Alexa off, or if I turn that turn that Google Home off, it's not listening anymore. If I turn the TV off, it's not listening. But they they all they all can. It's a microphone. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is that I don't seem to get targeted by things that I say. Like nothing I say, because a lot of times, what, here, I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You and I have conversations every day for a living. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I'm putting the show together in the afternoon at my home, I'm thinking about what it is you're going to say. So a lot of times what I find myself doing is walking through my apartment, kind of, I'm a pacer. I don't really sit down a whole lot. I like moving around, right? So I'll find myself pacing. I'll think what I'm going to say, and then I'll predict you, but sometimes I'll say it out loud so I can hear it. So then I can form my better argument to come over the other side of it. And so what I'm saying is I don't ever seem to get targeted by any of that when I open my phone. Like people say it all the time. Like if I say cat food, next thing I know there's cat food ads on my phone. That doesn't seem to happen to me. Maybe uh, maybe you're confusing the <laughs> by having multiple conversations with yourself playing maybe. things out. Maybe. Um, but no, I mean, what, what people are saying when they say I say cat, I think cat food, and then they, there's an ad. Yeah, but you probably Googled it. You probably clicked on an ad. You probably watched a video with cats 
associated with it. That's that's where people are getting targeted. I don't think it's so much that companies are listening in, hearing you have a conversation about these things. Yeah, it's what you're clicking on. It's what you're watching on Facebook. Well, that's- that makes sense because every time I open my Facebook up, the first thing it shows me is is like the last couple of things I looked on eBay that I thought about right. buying is like, hey, you still want to buy this? Exactly. So like, I get targeted like that, and that does make sense to me. If I'm using the phone to to look for something, of course you're going to target me that way. So as I was researching TVs for the past three months, you know, as I was kind of like, well, what TV should I get? Should it be curved? Should it be that 4K? Should it be smart? Should it be whatever? Blah, 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 blah. those curves are nice. Um, The only thing with those curves are, and I was really like, dude, I want to buy one of these. I really, really did because I think it makes a difference in the picture. It makes it look deeper. It makes it look like a better layer of depth. But like... If you look at those from an angle, if you're straight on, they're great. If yeah. you look at them from any sort of an angle, the picture deteriorates really, really quick. Really? And that's why I was like, eh, I want to get something where it can set up anywhere in the house, anywhere in the room, and you can get multiple views at it. So that's one of the things that it was that and bright lights that that I was really looking for of like, I want to make sure this TV performs well, both from every angle and in rooms with bright lights. Is it 4K? Yeah, it is a 4K. Wow. Yeah, it's a 4K there. Wow. So TV, you got it all. TVs, I mean, it's not. OLED is the next step up after that. So after there 4K. was so there was something else what? that I could have upgraded now into. What? There. Now see, this is technology. It's a like a lot it, of it's confusing. It, dude. I, yeah, like I don't. I've never even heard of that. Like I think mine's an LCD. It's just I have a 55 inch digital TV. That's all I have. It's not smart. It's not nothing like well, that. Like I said, it cost me 550 bucks or something. I think most technological things we start was getting into, and whether that's high end TVs or you know phones or computers or whatever, most people don't need premium stuff. Most mm-hmm. people don't do like, and that was my thing too. Is I started looking at like the high end. You know, I started looking into it. I'm like, well, if I did this and I it's finance got deeper black, and I was like, yeah, and if I finance this and I do this and I move this money around here, and then I'm like, no. Idiot! Like no, 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 no! Like don't think that all of a sudden that you have a hundred million dollars. Like spend your thousand dollars, stress yourself out over that because God knows I'm stressed out over that. And like this was a good everyday viewer. Like is it the, is it the, is it the best TV out there? That's all you need. Certainly not. But I, I like who cares? I mean, I, I don't. You're probably watching less TV than the average person anyway. I don't know, dude. Because the thing is, I always have the TV on. I'm not. I'm not a huge TV watcher, but there's usually something on. Background there. noise. Mm-hmm. See, here's the. This is a big difference between you and I. I notice this a lot. You don't mind like. It doesn't bother you to read with a ton of noise around you. Like a lot of times, like we'll have the best of is running first thing in the morning when we both get here. And I'm still like looking at the rundown. Oh, okay, this and that. It would be better for me to have nothing on in the studio. For you, it doesn't bother you as much. So I think, honestly, like you would read a book and have the TV on in the background at home, right? At the very least, music. I wouldn't know if I, I don't, I'm not going to have like the news on, like reading a book. But yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I can, I can process the two things. Or it's even not even like listening, but like you said, like that white noise. So I you have, like white noise. You do. I, I have the TV on a lot, and like it was just one of those things where a thousand bucks is a lot of money. There's no question oh, about that it. Had to hurt. But I mean, I've saved up money from three different jobs that I've had in the past six months there. So it was like, dude, you need this. Dude, imagine if you were good at this. I know. I could just pay for it with this. I mean, if you were just good at this, dude, $1,000 wouldn't bother you at all. Or if I could say, like, yo, it's Fantone here for Big Jim's TVs and, you know, service here. Big Jim, he just sold me my TV. Man, that would be awesome, too. This Now watch this. This, watch one, this. this is going to happen. This, what, this is going to happen. happen. This is what will happen today. Somebody will hear this conversation. And then somebody's gonna somebody who works here at the radio station will come up to Fantone and say, "Why wouldn't you have told me you need a TV?" 
<laughs> Listen to how hard he's laughing. And it's because we've sent that email only 700 times. Who doesn't need a TV? Like, who, who out there in the world isn't like, you know what? I would upgrade that screen in front of me. Every like nine months, they'll come to us and pretend what they care want? about us and be like, hey, dude, if you guys put yeah. it in an email, man. If you guys need something, Send man, it. we'll try it. We'll go out there Send and try it. to get it done for you. It's like every nine months, they try to pretend like they care. It's like, dude, quit stroking our egos and pretending you, that you care. You know, put us on the pay no mind list exactly where you want us. So I, uh, I, I, I made the purchase. It's getting delivered here. And oh, you didn't get it yet? No, 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 no. It's getting delivered here. I, dude, Best Buy here. was, yeah, Best Buy was out. Amazon only had one left. I went to Circuit, or not Circuit City. Um, no. uh, what's the um, the, the appliance store? Not H and R Greg. One of those appliance stores, and I was like, all right, do you guys have this TV? And they had it on their website, and I was going to buy it and like go buy it in the store. And they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have this either. And I'm like, son of a so bitch. So what are you doing, delivering it here Deliver- to the van? Yeah, and I, and I don't want it to get, I don't want it to go, I mean, I live on the southwest side, and a giant TV sitting out on my front porch, dude. I mean, like, I worry about, like, my junk mail. Like, is somebody going to come steal this? Like, so- I would worry about a muffin basket, for <laughs> sure. I, I absolutely. So I'm not leaving a $1,000 TV out there as well. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9 online for you at WRQK.com. I don't want to do this. Okay. Don't do it then. No. Okay. I kind of have to. Son of a bitch. Because I, I'm just perplexed. Okay. And I don't want that feeling. Okay. And I'm hesitant to do this because we were talking about this the other day. You mentioned this guy at all. Good, bad, or indifferent, everybody hates you. Somebody hates you for, for, for mentioning his name at all. But we got to talk about the president just a little bit here, right here. Right? And we're going to do it a, one more time later in the program. Because there's something <laughs> else where I was like, I saw something else. I was like, well, that's a head scratcher. All Trump all day, baby. Now, you got to remember, I'm the guy the other day who was like, you know what, dude? Uh, he, he got the meeting with North Korea. They, they seem to have somewhat of an agreement. That's a positive thing. I said, don't pop the champagne bottles yet. We got to see what happens in the end. But... You know, six months ago, it was like, he's going to get us blown up, and he didn't get us blown up, so you know what? Credit where I believe it's due, right? Yeah. So I'm that guy, Yeah. right? But now I'm hearing some backpedaling, but I read the reports yesterday. Sarah Huckabee Sanders going to be gone. She's she's planning on leaving the White House. Now, Fantone tells me she's now walking it back, saying, eh, maybe not so much. But we've seen this before. Where it's like that information starts to leak a little bit. That person says, nah, I'm not going to go. And then does go. And this is this is my only question. Actually, and I'm sure Fantone has the answer. A, how many, if Sarah Huckabee Sanders leaves, how many press secretaries is that? I think that'll, they'll be on their fourth, right? Fourth. Right. Because okay. you had Spicer, you had Sean Spicer. Spicer. That's you what had, I remember. Mooch. Uh, Scaramucci. And then you had Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. Okay. So then we, we, we'd be, be ushering in the fourth one. Yeah. Okay. Now, a couple of things here. I will always relate it back to something for me that, that I understand, and it would be a radio station. It would be a staff of a radio station because that's where I work. That's what I do, right? And let's make, let's make – there are shifts in radio. It's called morning and afternoon drive. Yeah. Morning drive is 6 to 10. You guys are listening to it right now. Afternoon drive, fish head, 3 to 7, mm-hmm. right? Let's make the morning show the president, okay? okay? And we'll make the afternoon show – our press secretary okay. out there from three to seven in the afternoon telling everybody how great the morning show is. That's exactly what's supposed to happen. One hand washes the other, right? So I'll, we'll make it a radio station. You listening to the radio station every day. If we were to swap that shift out five times, four times, 
in a year, in a year and change, you would look at this place as if it was on fire. You would look at the radio station as like, what in the hell is going on there? The first thing you, well, first of all, you what you'd really be thinking is, that's weird. What happened to that guy I used to like a lot that I don't know his name, right? That, right? that would be the first thing. And then the second thing, if you thought about it at all, I'm sure maybe you wouldn't because it's not the president. It's just a radio station to you. But you would be thinking, does the guy in charge, does the management there not know how to screen candidates for this job? Because they keep having to get rid of, or the people keep quitting this job do you are is the screening process not going on properly admittingly if this is where you worked you would be like what is going on here why can we not get this right and my thing is is this isn't like the the undersecretary of like you know elementary education this is your press secretary this is your voice this is like this is how you're how you relate your message this is outside of the president it's probably the most recognizable person in government right the press secretary? It's in the top five. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, You're on TV important. three times a day in support of the president's agenda. I was going to say important in the sense that you get a lot of screen time. Um, the thing, I, I, I guess, and I'm, I'm kind of playing as devil's advocate here, is that like you can definitely make the argument of, well, I am hiring... Uh, you know, I do want to hire the best people, and that is the goal is to have the best people in the job, and... Uh, if this person isn't fitting what I expect out of them, I'm going to move on. That's a sign of strength. That's a sign of adaptability. That's a sign of I, 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 I evaluate as I go, and if this, this isn't working, this isn't working. Okay, I heard this about Joe Dumars the other day who used to, I don't know if he still does, but used to run once upon a time the Detroit Pistons. And he was talking about guys he drafted. And he said, it's not important that I be right. It's important that I get it right. Meaning... If I draft a guy and he's not right, who cares? I don't care if I drafted him. I'm moving on from him because I got to get it right. Now, so there maybe is an argument for that. But do you believe that's what's happening? Well, the admission of mistakes has never been a strong suit of this um, administration. Uh, I will say that's one of the things that over this North Korea thing that I really liked when, when, when President Trump said that, hey, if I'm wrong about this in six months, like I'm wrong about it. And I don't think, as far as I could tell, and he said, like, oh, you know, I'll find an excuse, and I, he was joking around, but, like, as far as I could tell, that was, like, the first time I had ever seen him, like, even admit to, like, hey, I could be wrong on something. It was a humanizing moment, for right. sure. Right, I was just like, yeah, whoa, whoa, for sure. whoa, dude, like, that's new. And, honestly, I wish he would do that a little bit more, and we're going to get into this a little later in the program, because... Again, one of the reasons why I feel like I need to defend them at certain times is because I do believe I disagree with what a lot of what's going on, right? But the left has turned him into Kaiser Sose. But, like we have. We've just turned him into like the worst person ever where he's almost like this mystique. It's almost like Gotti, where it's like, dude, a bad guy you're rooting for. I mean, has has the right turned him into Jesus Christ? Yeah, there's a little bit of both people are culpable there, but it's it, it, there is a little bit of where it's just like, guys, you, you can't call him Hitler every five minutes and then not ha- get, get me a little cologne, you know, perfume drunk on, on everything that happens. It, it, it's getting difficult, I think, for anybody to keep a track of all this because, like, there's just so many things that happen. You're right. There's overreaction and there's underreaction. So I think people who are kind of caught in the middle of, like, I don't know what to pay attention to. This isn't the top priority in my life. I'm sure it's very confusing, and I'm sure it's a lot easier instead of saying, "All right, I'm going to wade through all the BS here. I'm going to try to find the facts out of the out of the crap." It's easier to stick your head in the sand. It's easier to be like, "Whatever, dude. I don't care. Like this just isn't my problem." I got to be honest with you. It's I'm I'm a little guilty. 
it, it's what's been happening with me lately where I've just honestly where it's so negative all the time and it's like every day it's like this is the biggest tragedy ever and it, the, the news is so sensational anymore where I've been guilty of going you know what Honestly, dude, give me a little ignorance is bliss. Now I can't do, go all the way because of what my position is. So I do need to like still, you know, make sure I'm reading stuff and you know doing that. But overall, man, I've been trying to put down this digital leash a little bit and try to reclaim a little bit of my sanity. Whether it's via digital leash or however you want to consume what's going on in the world around you right now, on an individual level. Ignorance is bliss, and I very much understand that, and I can appreciate it. And like, it does feel like giving up. There's a bit of me that's jealous of it. Like, there's a bit of me that's like, God, dude, I, I I wish. I well, I always set out to do it, and then I can't commit to it, and I end up reading something anyway. I need you to fact check something for me. Okay, can you can you do something for me real quick? Quick I'm being told every administration burns through press secretaries. First press, Bush, George W.'s first press secretary lasted 906 days. Obama's first landed lasted 753 days. Trump's first lasted 182 days. Yeah, so I I don't think the I previous two are burning through him. I mean, right? I and, mean, dude, we'll go back to Bush. It was 900 and some days. Dude, what are we talking? Three years? Three years. Yeah, yeah we're I mean, talking almost the entire almost entire the, life. Uh, um, of the first run. And, I mean, the turnover rate isn't just at press secretary. You know That's, what I mean? To be like, fair, that is true. Other, we're focusing on we're one office about here. here. We are. We're, we're focusing on one job here. That That's a great point. With, you know, with the kind of being said that, like, you know, you... We're looking to figure out what we should pay attention to, what we should be upset about, what we should be not outraged about, but like I almost want to triage it. I find that unacceptable. There, there's a responsibility on us too. That yes, the media certainly is you know overplaying some things, and we can point to it. But I think there's also a little bit of we all act like well, it's just this big scheme by the left to play us, and it's like well, you've also got to remember there's another faction of power trying to veer people in another way. It's fair. And like you have to be able to see both and kind of be able to to navigate your own ship. This there. is what I'm always talking about is that there's money in getting us to fight. There's money in it. And somebody is benefiting from that. And so that's why they all that's why they rile us all up. And that's why th- I like I, I said this the other day on Facebook and I believe I'm right. That death of think peace is both exactly what this country needs and a great band name. Somebody needs to get on that. But dude, I think we are think piecing our way into a, another civil war. And I don't think it'll be north-south. I think it'll be ideology versus ideology. My problem with people who are like, well, everyone's got to think as an individual. And like, I get that. You're going to get people who are being contrarian just to be contrarian. Say, nope, the world is flat. I'm an individual. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, but but that concept over other other things yeah. is where it's, you, you're just well, zigging when you think everyone else is zagging, I got to zig. Well, and it's that, like, that, zagging's right. Well, that's the byproduct of freedom. I, I mean, it really is, is that, and I always say this, freedom's messy, is that it doesn't mean freedom for you, it means freedom for the person next to you as well. And so you're right about that, that that will get, I would prefer people to be judged as individuals, and to, you know what I mean, versus, but yes, that... Yeah, groupthink scares the crap out of me, dude. It does. And think pieces are bad. I really do think they're bad. And I think when things are just... I mean, don't get me wrong. Not that nothing good can come out of any one of them here or there. But we have turned everything into one of those. And I have been calling the internet the over-examination machine. And I do. I believe it makes it like this crystal ball thing where people just try... You go down this rabbit hole of looking too far into things. And you start pulling on the strings of anything, it's going to fall apart. 
You know what I mean? And so I, I, I think that's why a lot of standards are going to start to fall by the wayside because people are like, well, you know, where's this rooted in and where's this come? And it's because we're overthinking everything because, well, we had to fire a lot of journalists and they created blogs. And what are blogs driven by? Clicks and ratings. You know what I mean? It's like, and dude, we understand this business. There's a reason why radio shows, you, you know, back in the day, it used to be like, well, ain't no ring toss and all this because, dude, it was sensational. They had to keep your attention. And now this has changed. It's moved more into like an open forum conversation type thing. And well, that was honestly partially due to the internet because of podcasting. And that's why FM radio kind of did change itself. It was to adapt in nature. But there's, I mean, so we've been guilty of this forever. Are we, uh, are we going to do anal ring toss next? I've never been that guy. I don't want that. I don't want to do it. I don't either, want strippers on Sibians and like all that, dude. I've never thought. I've just never been that guy. I've just never. Don't get me wrong. I want it in my house. I don't necessarily want it in my studio. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love Rock 106.9. Yo, guys. It is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, if you're anything like me, man, I was wearing glasses and contacts since like the second grade. That's out of my life now. I don't have to worry about where my glasses are in the morning. I don't have to worry about do I have enough contacts ordered? Do I have solution? None of that stuff is a concern for me. And I can remember sometimes I just didn't feel like putting my contacts in so I'd wear my glasses. Problem with that is I couldn't wear sunglasses which is a major problem in the summertime and I don't have to worry about it anymore thanks to my good friends at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now LASIK surgery, it is surgery which is why you probably have a lot of questions. Maybe you have some concerns dude and I want you to visit the website roholtvision.com while you're there, you can take a self-evaluation test. You can find some of the frequently asked questions about LASIK, and you can check out the financing options as well. Dude, make an investment in yourself. Check it out today, RollHoltVision.com. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9 with, obviously, the U.S. Open teeing off this morning. Everybody's asking me, what do you think is going to happen with Tiger? What do you think is going to happen with Tiger? I'll tell you what's going to happen with Tiger. That'll be a little later in the program. Okay. Obviously, the U.S. Open starting this morning. I didn't know that. 7.30, we'll get into the U.S. Open. I'll tell you what I think happens with Tiger. All right. I will say this, that the group one pairings are legit golf porn, and I can't wait to get <laughs> off work. Like, I for real. Like, dude, they, the U.S. Open, they, they, dude, they got smart. Like, a lot of the players don't like it, but they got smart. Like, they, they've, they've made it a TV product for sure. You tweeted that out yesterday, like first round golf porn, and I wasn't on a porn hub. I'm like, dude, should I check this out? Do they have golf porn? What is what is she gonna do with that ball? That's amazing. Actually, dude, some of the yeah, <laughs> I actually watch some of that sometimes when they pretend to be at the driving range. There's you know, Eva Angelina just getting railed out. Just happens to be there just at the driving just range. Just taking three hundred yards of D. Stansbury has been to eight million driving ranges. Never seen a hot girl one. Never, never not once. Never one. As a matter of fact, dude, when you see a hot girl on a golf course, Every guy just stops and it's like, oh my god, look! It's like you've seen a unicorn. Well, yeah, because she's selling beer at the ninth hole. Like, yeah. Of course, normally, like. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, we all know I kind of have the road rage, right? Yeah. I just kind of have it in me. Yeah, and it's uh, it's one of these things I wish I didn't have, um, and I try to fight against it. I always say this that that, that I believe that the best people work endlessly to fight against their. They're better demons, right? Oh, nothing worse than somebody who's infallible. Oh, right. never, never had that thought. Never did that thing. Never had that feeling. It's like, yeah, you did. What'd you do about it? And yeah. over and over this last like year, year and a half, I, I've been on this journey of self, like you know, improvement. You know what I mean? Started to be, you know, back at therapy. I'm back at the gym. I'm eating right. Which, by the way, that whole thing has been paying off huge dividends. My anxiety's way down. Um, and and I, I credit the gym with all of it. But occasionally behind the wheel of a car, I can still kind of get it. I don't know what it is. Like, you can annoy me in the hallway here, and I'll 
MF you, but I will do it in the behind the right. wheel of my car when I get out of here. But when I'm in my car and you make me mad in there for some reason, and I think it's because you've got that barrier mm-hmm. around you that you just you feel like you know unstoppable. You've got safety around you. You've got privacy. You or at least what you feel like is privacy. And uh, there is there's something even if I'm not in a rush, like there's something aggravating about bad drivers. Even knowing that I've been one, there's something about it that drives people up the wall. It makes you crazy. It does. So in Pennsylvania, there was like a road rage incident that happened. Two guys got into it on the side of the road. Next thing you know, they're both out of their cars, and it's like fingers and chest, and they're both screaming. Now, yelling at people, like, I get it, dude. Somebody like, turn the effing car! Yes. But getting out of the car, stopping your car, that's a bit. That's a line for me. Remember I had it happen just earlier oh, this year? Oh, yeah, in the yeah. Walmart parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Almost went to bare knuckles then. <laughs> so in Pennsylvania, these two guys are outside of their car, now and they're screaming at one another. Now, there's not a ton of information on how this happened. But apparently the one guy's got IBS and ends up pooping on the other dude. <laughs> dude, he just dropped a deuce on another dude. Now he's claiming, look, I have IBS, I didn't know, and you know, he ended up like crapping on this dude's pant leg. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was like, well, wait a minute, you don't like just like I don't care, like, dude, right? I've had some stomach issues. I don't know if I have IBS or whatever, but dude, occasionally, dude, a lot of times, you know, um, throughout my life, it's like if I eat certain things, it's like, dude, I better be close. I better okay. be close to something, right? So like I've got a little bit, I got a tinge of this, right? But I've never once thought to myself, let me poop on this guy's leg <laughs> because because I don't I because I'm not gonna make it somewhere. And not only that, like I don't mean to get too graphic here, but everybody I mean there's a book, everybody poops, right? right? <laughs> so like so we all go through this. So you'll know what I'm saying here. It is everybody poops pretty much the same way. It is you pull your pants down and there is the but point of direction of which you wish the, you want the poop to go, right? So it's like, how did did you? I they don't talk to me in this article. Did the guy drop his pants, turn around, ass point towards the pant leg, and do it, or was this? And again, this is how juvenile I am. Are they? Was it? Was was it a runny concoction, and it just went down your pant leg and ended up? You see what I'm saying? Like, why did the other guy stand there and wait for the ass point? Towards his legs. Yeah, I mean, even if you did it in one swift motion, like you pulled your pants down, you pointed your butt, and you oh, let it rip. You know, I didn't think sweatpants. But, I, but I didn't. I was thinking belt and tucked in. And- you still would have time to jump out of the way of a turd. I would think at that point, now maybe you're so shocked. Maybe it's so like, oh my God, dude, what the F is happening right now? He's pointing his butt at me, and then poop comes. But like, what? Like, you, you had time to get out of the way, I would think. Well, you would think so, but we can't get out of the way of the turds every Tuesday at 9. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 there's a real sense of satisfaction in some things in life, like punching someone. There's a sense of like, oh my god! I Do just, you, like, are you about to sense. tell me that I'm missing out on the sensation of crabbing that's on someone? That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, you know, you've go. gotten up into somebody's face and you've screamed at him before, and like, that's not necessarily the best thing in the world. But there is a sense of like, dude, I pooped like, on that dude. like, right, exactly. Like, I don't have you know. ever like spit on a dude? Like, have you ever like about to fight somebody? And you gave him one of those, dude. I mean, like that is like a new level of that pooping on a guy. That's a whole new layer of disrespect, dude. You can say what you want Jeez. about his mama, about his about his life, about what he's done, but you crapped on a guy, dude. I, I, I let's let's <laughs> let's examine. Jeez, first of all, how animated we got Fantone this early in the morning, but second, dude, what is your obsession with disgracing people further? Uh, I'm just, like, dude, isn't an open hand smack enough? <laughs> no, I'm saying if this dude, if things have gotten so far, this guy was such a bad driver. He cut you off in such an, an, an audacious way. Like, why not go crap on him? 
I'm trying to think of the last time I would have thought. Like, I, I wonder, like, how many years it's been since I thought, you know what? I need revenge. Let's get poop in here somehow. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't think I've gone to poop revenge in quite a while. I think it's been, a, I think it's been a long time. And I just don't know why the guy stands there. Like I say, everybody knows. It's pants down, ass point, out comes turd. There were a lot of times for you to run away. What the hell were you thinking? And what's with this journalist, if we're going to call him that, not getting to the bottom of that? The people, the fine people of Canton, Ohio, need to know how that went down. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not at all. Something really strange, and I'm saying strange because I don't want to call it bad, even though I'm going to call it bad. It's bad. Something bad is <laughs> happening in, in the Tuskegee Valley schools, and I don't get it. I really don't understand this. We'll examine it together next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Incarceration tickets up for grabs at 845 this morning. Also at 845, uh, if you're a whiskey snob, bad news. Okay. Bad news. Your pretentiousness is not needed. And uh, what you think you know about bourbon and whiskey, you're wrong. Remember when no one was pretentious about getting drunk? It was just like, yeah, we're all going to get drunk. It's fine. Yeah, seventh grade, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sun Country 2 liters, just awesome. Nobody cared. Parents on vacation, just a hammer, screwdriver at that padlock, just pouring water and kumkacha vodka bottles. My dad will never know. Never, never going to know. know. With water. Never know. They got friends coming over for drinks, just pounding H2O, nobody notices. Yeah, the good old days. Good times. All right. I, uh... I did not intend, intend, sorry, I did not intend for this to be a topic of conversation this morning. I didn't see this until this morning. But I think this is, I don't want to call it crazy, because I don't really like knocking down other people's ideas, okay? Um, Especially over complex issues, because I believe that no one thing is going to fix something complex, that you're going to have to borrow a little bit from everybody's idea, right? Okay. But now I'm hearing um, the Tuscarawas Valley Board of Education. All right, so Tuskegee Valley, essentially. Adopted, I'm getting this from CantonRep.com, by the way. Adopted a resolution authorizing its employees, approved by the board, to possess firearms on school premises and designated school safety zones. This is We Are Arming Teachers. It says here, educating with excellence and ensuring safe, positive learning environments are our main objectives. That was Superintendent Mark Murphy. It says, we are committed to continuously updating our safety standards and giving the reality and, cha- and challenges we face today. The Board of Education unanimously approved a resolution to arm employees at its meetings Monday. None of us, he says here, are excited about the endeavor. Yet it is significant safety measure that the board has authorized. Now, here's where I'm going to take issue. Details, again, I'm reading. Details of the district's emergency safety plan are confidential. Including the specifics on which individuals are going to be armed, their requirements that of training to be armed, and the timeline of which this will be done. I don't like that. A, I don't like the idea overall. Now, if you want to hire security guards who have been trained in these matters, elite security consultants is where you can get that done. If you want to hire somebody like that and post somebody at, at, at the place, I'm fine with that. I don't want my English t- lit teacher strapped down. Now, I understand there are some teachers who are probably, you know, Second Amendment people, maybe a little bit pro-gun, maybe have a little bit of, you know, background in this and could maybe do it. All right? Okay, 
fine, whatever. I will always go back to this. And as a matter of fact, I got three of them that could have been in the rundown today. I just chose not to do it. Where teachers are having sex with the kids. If we can't get them to stop molesting the kids, and that's what it is, essentially. We always say having sex, but it's molesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If we can't get these grown-ups to stop molesting the kids, how do we not know that down the road, math teacher, oh my God, secretly racist underneath it all, shoots a kid dead in the hallway? Now, I guess I can make the same argument that people make about cops is that like, yeah, there's going to be those those bad apples and we're probably going to see those ones pointed out more than we see the, you know, for every not for every one problem, there's 99 people who are just trying to do a good job protecting the students that they have trying well, to do what's best for them. To be fair, am I focusing on too much on what a possible negative could be versus what the reality might be? And that's what I was going to say is there's always going to be some sort of a rub to everything we do in life. And there's always going to be that potential of like, well, what if this this isn't used properly, but does the bad outweigh the good here? The only truthful answer, I don't know. That's the only truthful answer. That's the only truthful answer anybody can give dude, you on something like this. 2018, you can't say that, dude. You cannot say that. No, I believe it's 2018, and it's time for us to go back to saying that. I believe it's it's, it's high time, and we're ready for people to go back to saying, you know what, let's have these conversations with open questions at the end, because that's the only way you're ever going to get anything done, is that it's okay to examine, but not be like, well, I thought about this for 20 minutes. This is definitely the way it goes down. That's crazy. Right. You know what I mean? Now, that's you and I and welcome to the world. Right, I, right. I know what it is you're saying here. But I also think this, and you've heard me say this before, that I believe that, yes, everybody in the country is underpaid, but I believe educators are wildly underpaid. I believe educators, that's a $100,000 a year job. That, that because of the severity of the situation and what it is you're doing, which is preparing young adults for the world and for America to stay on top of things, even though we're not at the top of anything, really. Mm-hmm. But, it, but, to, but to do that... Is dude, education's a silver bullet for a lot of things. It ends a lot of negative things in, in the world. I believe more education leads to less racism. I believe, you know, it, I just believe these things, right? And I think I'm right on it. So teachers are important, is my point. But I don't necessarily want them having to get a, a, a postgraduate degree and then now have to be strapped down. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's worth noting here that I don't think anybody has ever proposed that all teachers must carry a gun with them at all times. I don't think that's ever been something where it's like, hey, we're going to force you as an employee to carry a gun with you. So, Well, that's fair. And, 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 and you know, it's just important that we clear things up as, as these things are said. Agreed. I, I don't necessarily have as much of a problem with this. I, really? Yeah, I really don't. Um, I, I see where there's issues. I see where you can point to things and say, hey, this is a problem. This could be a problem. But I don't think that 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 we should necessarily run away from this idea of educators, administrators, people that have been entrusted with the lives of children arming them. I don't necessarily feel like that's like, nope, 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 non-starter well, here. I, you know, I don't want to be closed-minded, and so I don't want to just shut down a line of thinking just because it's different than mine. I don't want to do that. There are a lot of things that go into this, though, and like, who's buying this gun? I mean, is this, does this teacher have to provide their own, their own firearm here? What happens if there is an accidental discharge or if there is some sort of an accident that happens? Who's, who's going to be liable for that? And Where you, does that come into play? You got to remember that can happen we just had an fbi agent screwing around in a bar dancing gun falls on the floor he goes to pick it up pulls the trigger shoots somebody in the leg 
I mean, he's been charged, by the way. So, so if if there is a gun in the school and something, whether it's by student, I mean, that's a trained FBI person, right? However, this were to happen, what happens then? Like, what's that? So, what happens when a teacher? Isn't able to stop this perpetrator like that cop who 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 didn't go in who 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 waited. Coward, now are you right. are you going to be liable now? Are you going to be the one who's who's looked at you know down their nose from the country because you didn't pull your gun out and shoot that kid? Yes. Now unfairly, but yes. What happens when there is an active shooter situation and you shoot the wrong kid? You know what I mean? You think dude, there's there's seventh graders running around everywhere, bullets are flying off, and you accidentally shoot the wrong kid? It's just th- 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 this is where the idea falls flat for me, Fantone. Is it, and it's as simply as this. We're a nation full of people who will get in the car and drive to the school and make a teacher, we'll shame a teacher into changing grades because we don't want our students to feel dumb. So like that, we're, we second guess the grades these people pass out, but now we want them with like six in the chamber? Like, you know what I mean? Or in the clip is what I mean? Like, dude, seriously? Like, we're a nation full of people who are like, no, my kid's not dumb. My kid does isn't this. My kid right. didn't deserve a D. The teacher's bad. Like, we second guess educators and grades, but now you want them loaded down? I guess... What's the better option is having that teacher with the gun or having that in an active shooter situation or having Nobody that teacher having without gun. the gun? You know, I, 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 that's I'm, I, I, I'm not negating what you're saying. It's just I can I can see the other side of this argument. And I, don't have it, a, I don't have a problem with I it. can I can recognize the other side of this argument. I just think my side of it is correct, like most people. But I, this is really where I have my issue. And again, I'll read you the quote. This again from the Canton Details of the district's emergency safety plan are confidential, including specifics regarding individuals to be armed, training requirements, and the timeline. Dude, that's all the information I want, and I get none of it? Are these teachers open carrying? Do do students know which teachers have guns? Well, if it's going to be confidential, my guess is they don't want you to know the teacher has a gun. So is it what? Is it in a holster underneath the desk? What happens there? That's know. a great question. I don't know. That, that's and, and that's the thing is 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 this isn't this isn't a terrible idea. It's just there's so much that has to be fleshed out with it. You just can't be like, well, we'll give the teachers guns and that's going to be the end of it. No more school shootings will ever happen. This to me, arming teachers is a very American idea. And by that I mean, give me the thing I need, but I don't want to have to spend more money on it. And so, and this is my point: is that don't we have these people? And by that, isn't this, isn't the answer out of work veterans? Isn't that the answer? Like, how is that not the answer? You see what I'm saying? Now, I know what the answer, I know what the, the combat to that is as well. You know, the money and the teachers are already there. We're already paying. But again, you're already underpaying that professional for what it is they do. Now, throwing this of all things right. on top of that, I just feel like is unfair. So you take the veteran who doesn't have a job, you now pay him. So now people who have earned their right in the workplace in this country are back employed. And yes, it's going to cost us some money, but things that are worth it do. Yeah, but what's going to happen here, and you have to remember, for as much as we feel like this is a problem in the country, and it is, dude, I'm not trying to say we just feel that way. School shootings are certainly a problem. Um, For as frequently as we feel like we see them and they happen, a vast majority of schools, this is never going to happen. And how many years does it have to be where you're spending, you know, 
uh, $40,000 each on four different, you know, unemployed veterans who are now, all right, so now we're sitting up to $160,000 a year. We haven't had a school shooting here in three years. When When is it going to be like, all right, this is too much money? Because that is going to happen. It's inevitable that day one, we all feel like, yeah, it's totally worth well, it. Day 1,000, when it hasn't happened, we're going to be like, ah, we don't need this anymore. Exactly right. That is, that's a great argument and that will happen because that's what we do. We are prisoner of the moment. That's that's very much the American mentality. There's this, the, the the combat to putting the veteran in the school with the gun is this. What's the percentage of them that come home with PTSD? And is that the person you want roaming the hall with a gun near your kids? That's what the argument's going to be. It's not my argument, but that's what the argument will be. And my thing is, is well, we have to have some sort of screening process, right? So maybe we do that. And yes, in any screening process, somebody's going to get by. They screen you at the airport, stuff still gets by. I understand that can happen. I just think it's a very American idea. We need this, but let's not pay for it. We'll just piggyback on this. And I don't think that that is something as complicated as preventing school shootings as much as you possibly can is should be something that we just, you know, less is more it. Where it's like, ah, well, we'll just make this person who's already in this hallway doing this. I think they're underpaid already. I think they're, I think they're strapped already. As a matter of fact, every school year, you can find the study that says like 85 to 90% of school teachers spend their own money on things for their classrooms. And so, dude, if that's already the case, I don't want them with the decision at high noon drawn down on the student in the hallway. I'd rather have somebody who's had some experience with this already, that this is their line of work. Off-duty cops, veterans to me, seem like the easy fix. There's no reason why a veteran who has served this country shouldn't be in the workforce anyway. To me, it's one hand washing the other. It's such an easy fix. But of course, that's why we're screwing it up and getting it wrong. People are asking me about Tiger Woods. The U.S. Open tees off. Well, actually, I believe it's already underway. I'll tell you what I think what happens with Tiger. That's next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9, 845. We'll pass out those incarceration tickets. Also, we'll uh, take whiskey snobs down a peg at 845 as well. Good. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, Tuskegee Valley going to arm its teachers, uh, voting unanimously to do so. They're not going to tell any of us how they're doing it. It's all staying confidential. That's the part I don't like. Uh, Andrew tweets in and says, we expect teachers to lay down their lives to protect these students. Don't the teachers have a right to defend themselves if they are expected to die? Andrew, I can't deny that yeah. there's definitely an argument in, in on that side. I cannot deny that. Um, I just now maybe I'm wrong. My perception is, and my my belief is, is that most teachers would not want to have a gun with them. Now maybe I'm viewing that through the prism of what my teachers and I had, and maybe I'm being too guilty of that. Fine. Yeah, I mean, teachers are a diverse group of people. I know everyone's like, well, no, they're just a bunch of libtards. And it's like, no, dude, there's plenty of teachers in the world who who, who are very fluent guns, you know, enthusiasts, like who who, 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 who who have guns and who want to use them. And I think that's, you know. There's an argument to be made there, for sure. Now, can I transfer that argument into a high school student? My 18-year-old senior? I, Dude, if he's going to have to lay his life on the line, if he's going to be in this deadly situation, I want him to have a gun. See, right, and that's where you would lose me. I mean, right? Because like, I don't want—I don't want students carrying guns in school. I don't. Back, and back in my day, we had a gun on the gun rack. We used to park it in the front yard, and there, and nobody cared. I know. Back in the day, we used to bring guns into school for some tell. And I, I know. And, 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 there's arguments in that. What I always tell people about that is that it's a population issue. 
is that, dude, this many people being on top of one another is what's led to some of like the more you know random acts of violence and like that kind of thing. It's I have always said population issue is our number one problem. Yeah, back in my day, doctors smoked cigarettes while they were delivering babies. Taylor doctors Stein. recommended cigarette brands. Chief this one out, lady. Here's a Newport. That's like as a matter of fact, I saw this. We're not going to get into this, but I saw this earlier. There's there's a, this new study out that says you know a new study says spanking your kids is actually bad. And it's like, and exactly that was my combat is that back in the day there was a study and doctors actually promoted brands of cigarettes. This brand of cigarette will be better for you, was something doctors used to say. So, like, studies, doctors can be wrong. Now, doctors are just vaping while they're delivering babies. Give me that vapor, baby. We used to prescribe heroin. (laughs) Like, doctors can be wrong. Studies can be wrong. Scientists can be wrong. We've gone back and forth on eggs a thousand times. So, it's like, dude, people go, study says, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what is 10 years after this study? Are you going to tell us? So these uh, today's a big day for sports for well, pretty much nobody. But I, um, <laughs> the World Cup starts today, and also the U.S. Open starts today. For those of you that don't know, most of you, World Cup soccer, okay. U.S. Open golf. Okay, I call today the battle of who cares <laughs> because I'm not sure most people do. I am a pretty big golf fanatic. I think that's pretty well established by now. I am not only a fanatic about playing, but I also very much enjoy watching the sport as well. It's something I picked up from my grandfather as a kid. My dad's dad loved it. My uh, my dad's mom was a big golf fan, and her two brothers were golf pros at clubs. And so it's just I just learned to love it as a kid. It's just the way it is, right? And so people want to know, Tiger Woods, man. Tiger Woods, dude. He's playing in a major. Is Tiger going to be able to do it? The answer, no. No. Tiger's got a better chance of missing the cut than he does of winning this tournament. If you're asking me my opinion. Now, I could be wildly wrong. Now, what I'm going to say about Tiger is he's, some say the second greatest to ever do it. You can make an argument. It's pretty much the Jordan-LeBron thing here. Who's better, Tiger or Jack? I think Jack still has it. But Tiger definitely had to play in a more difficult era, a much more media-driven era, a much more you know under-the-microscope era, which I believe would make it harder to do. Right, Jack still has the majors, you know what I mean, as far as titles, you know, of of more one. But uh, do Tiger is a, a legit star? Very LeBron Michael esque, right there. Very you start the saying thing. those things, and I every time it's you said Jack, thing. I said Mike, and every time you said Tiger, I said LeBron. And it's the oh, same yeah, argument. Wow, okay. it's the same exact argument. Okay, right, and and you just don't hear it as much because people don't care about the sport as much, right? There's a couple of things at play here. The U.S. Open is a very, 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 very hard golf tournament to win. I'll prove it to you by telling you that the second best golfer out there, or at least over the last couple, you know, a decade or so or whatever, has been Phil Mickelson, and he's finished second six times. He can't win it. It's it's an incredibly hard tournament to win. They make the course harder to win. They they grow the rough longer than it is at other tournaments. It's about testing the world's best golfers over four days. It's about it's. Uh, it's an endurance race, really. It's like, dude, can you make it to the finish line of this thing? And I don't think Tiger Woods has a shot to win it. I really don't. In order for Tiger to win this week, he's going to have to make every putt from 15 feet. If he can't putt from 15 feet, which he has not been able to do this this year, I know he's got two top fives, but his putter's been all over the place. If he can't putt from 15 feet, I think it's a mess. Also, people are obsessed with his putter, and so much so that they're not paying attention enough to Tiger Woods' driver. 
He does not drive the ball straight enough to win a U.S. Open. I don't believe he does. I think he's he's wide right with his driver too often, and his ego has him going to the bag to hit the driver more than he should. Guys like Tiger and Dustin Johnson can hit a three-wood, 300. I don't know what the hell he's going to the driver so for so often. Play fairway green, and he can win it, but he won't. He'll go to the bag and try to go long, and in the end, dude, he's going to drive it in the rough, and you're just not able to score if doing that. And I, I, I wish this sport... I understand why they want to wrap their arms around Tiger. I get it, because he's been the biggest thing your sport's ever had. But if you remain beholden to this guy, you're essentially saying you are solidifying the point our sport doesn't matter outside of this guy. And I think you got to be careful of that, because... Even if he turns it around and great, he's still a 40-some-year-old man. You see what I'm saying? So there's only so much left in the tank even if he gets it all the way back. I, you know, It's not like he's going to be dominant the way he was 20 years ago. I think he's one of the greatest ever, so you can never count him out on anything. But if he doesn't make putts from 15, 20 feet this week and he doesn't drive it straight, he's got no shot. I'm being asked who I think wins it, and I think Justin Thomas is the guy who wins it. He's your most recent number one, Dustin Johnson sitting number one right now. But I think Justin Thomas is poised to win. I would take a look at Phil Mickelson as well. He's been gearing his game up all year to play this tournament. He's been playing other courses that set up like this tournament does. He knows he's won it, or he knows he's finished six times at number two, never won it. It's the last tournament he needs to win the Grand Slam. I think Phil's all in on the U.S. Open this year, and I think if he wins it, he probably retires at the end of this year. Um, so look for Phil to score well. I think Justin Thomas wins. Your groupings today, if you're a golf fan, are fantastic. 8.02 this morning, you get Rory, Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson all off together. Later this afternoon, Tiger Woods group at 147, you get Justin Thomas, again, the former number one, Dustin Johnson, your current number one, and then, oh yeah, Tiger Woods on top of that, 147. I will be glued to a TV at a quarter to two today. You won't be able to get me to move. That legitimately is golf porn. I may adjust my opinions after I see Tiger's first round. I just don't believe his driver and his putter are going to be good enough to get around a U.S. Open course, especially with that much wind, a little bit of rain that's going to happen at Shinnecock Hills. I just don't see it for him today. Can Tiger win another major in his career? Maybe. I don't think it will be this U.S. Open. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com. Dude, just more and more actors just being accused of being creeps. Shocker. Dude, I hear there's something with Sylvester Stallone. I believe he's being accused now of sexual assault or something. Never would have guessed it. Jamie Foxx is now out there denying accusations he slapped a woman with his penis. Jeez. Now, that could get tricky. Because that's one of those things, dude, that in the heat of having sex, a woman will ask you for it, And then if she feels like you disrespected her after she's done, she could be like, well, he did this to me. You know what I mean? Like, this is where this all gets tough. This is apparently 16 years ago with, with Jamie Foxx. Now, look, I don't know who's right, but you got to remember it was just a few months ago. There was this battle between Jamie Foxx and Howard Stern where oh yeah, where Jamie had said something about Howard on a radio show or whatever, and Howard kept saying, I don't get what's happening here. I thought Jamie and I were friends. Yeah, there was this thing, but I thought we were going to be able to put it behind us. He's like, trust me, I know things about Jamie. Plenty of things are going to be coming out about Jamie. And now here we are. No, I don't know if that's what Howard meant. Maybe that's not what he meant. I don't know. But I know he was doing like the interview circuit, and they were asking him, what the hell's going on with you and Jamie Foxx? And he's like, ah, Jamie's going to get his. Now, when it comes to him 
slapping a woman with his penis here. Obviously, you just can't pull your penis out and start hitting people with it. Not a good idea. Um, sex, you know, you're in the middle of consensual sex. You do something that she didn't necessarily consent to. And like, like, and the thing that jumps out at me is anal. But like, okay, let's say it's you know slapping somebody with your penis here. That you, those are the only two. Those are the only two options we need. But, 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 like, you, 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 I can't just, I can't just if 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 I have anal with somebody without them impro- approving it, right? Like that. I, at that point, is that well, rape? Is that what is that? Well, I mean, I, I'm assuming if, if if they're not approving of said action, they're telling you. Right now, maybe am I making it too easy? I mean, did this woman did this woman feel forced? Did this woman feel pressured? Like an attorney for a, for an actor, Jamie Foxx, has denied a woman's accusation that he sexually assaulted her 16 years ago. TMZ reported Wednesday that a woman says Fox slapped her with his penis back in 2002 after she refused to perform oral sex on him at a party he was hosting. Okay, so you know what happened here. Okay, but let me ask again. This is like the guy who crapped on the guy in the road rage thing. Right. Oral sex doesn't happen when you're both standing up on your feet. You see what I'm saying? So like her refusal. So what did he do? If, are you standing up? He unzips, flops, sh- says do this. She says no. And he the, like Tanya Harding's her. Like does he kneecap her with it? I mean that doesn't feel out of the question. I mean you're both on you're both on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Making out. And she's like ah, I don't yeah. want to do this. Right. You stand up. Say hey this is you know dinner time. And then she doesn't do it. And you, Dude, you know to be able to slap somebody with your <laughs> penis while sitting next to them. Like standing in front of them. Yes. But sitting next to them. That's a whole nother feat there. I don't know why. You, isn't it crazy how, like, when these celebrities get accused, like, your brain immediately goes to that one's innocent, that one's guilty. I don't know what that is. I mean, you I, think they're all guilty. I, there is a little bit of me that's like, until shown otherwise. I mean, I'm not by no stretch of the imagination am I saying, well, there's never been a false accusation on the entire face of the planet. But you start throwing around dudes with power, and these guys all have power, and you start throwing around sexual. It just, it, it doesn't seem like a stretch to me. It doesn't. Fox's attorney, Allison Hart of the L.A.-based law firm uh, Lavely and Singer, told TMZ on Tuesday that Fox and his representatives had not previously been aware of the accusation and that he will be filing a report with the Las Vegas Police Department against the woman for filing a false police report against him. All right. Now, that's different than just a, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Right. Like, dude, if you're going that right, like, if you're going to counterfile, my guess is you feel like you're right. At least you have some sort of, you've got something on your side there. But how do you clear it up? How do you, yeah, how do you prove this? Now, uh, what's the proof? I wonder. Jamie Foxx, it was his house, or it was at least a party he was hosting. Does he have the thing on film? 15 years ago, we said. 2002. 2002. Great point. So, Great I mean, cameras not necessarily what, what they, they are were, today. And you probably don't have the you probably don't have the footage from a party 15 years ago at and, your house. Well, that's fair too. You probably don't have it on a hard drive. Also, 2002. I don't know. Does Jamie Fox live in Las Vegas? Maybe it was just a party he was hosting at a hotel. I, I like, that I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't tell me whether uh, in this particular article I'm reading from Yahoo whether or not it was in a residence or a hotel there. Um, I. <sighs> Is there any argument whatsoever to this was 16 years ago? Why the hell are you coming out of the woodwork now? Is, is there a limitation? Is. Is, there, is, there, is there a statute of limitation on being sexually assaulted? I mean, there is, but should there be? I don't know. I mean, how, how long does it take somebody who feels like they were a victim of something to be comfortable enough to come I mean, out with it? I mean, Jamie Foxx has been a celebrity for the past 15 years. If she was just in it for the money, right? 
I mean, he was plenty famous in 2002. Right. And I mean, it's not like, and it's not like this is just, this is, I mean, the Me Too movement at this point is almost two years old. It's not like this was like, oh, hey, I see this. I can, I can jump on this immediately. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know where that line is. Those are good arguments. And as somebody who has been the victim of sexual assault, now I was a child, that makes it a little bit different, but I didn't talk about it openly until I was what almost 30 and i mean just and i guess you as a victim aren't necessarily going to be able to paint the picture for everyone who's who's been in that no but 30 years later 40 years later however however deep into this we are given the opportunity to press charges and to get this person arrested off the streets preventing them from touching another kid i mean would you do that no 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 i've been asked that um, because people ask me, like, I don't know the name. I can't remember the name either first or last of my accuser or of my attackers. There were multiple. Um, it was a family. They lived up the street from me. Could I drive? Could I put you in the car, drive you to that street and show you the house? Absolutely. I could. So through court. Yeah, I did it not that long ago. When actually, when I moved back to Ohio, I drove by it just to see it. Um, and that was creepy. So I could do that, and obviously with county records, you could go online. I could find it. I don't have an interest in it, and I believe my story is a little bit different. I now I look at the world through through a what I believe is a twisted view. There's a little bit of me that believes that that dysfunction is what led to me being able to do this. Now I don't know how much truth there is in that. I know a lot of artists feel that way that that, that it's like it's what's screwed up to you is what is you know it's like Samson with the hair, right? But. So there's a little bit of me that's always felt like, I don't want to say thankful it happened, but not necessarily regretful because I do believe it makes me, now I worked on it. I mean, there was child's therapy. There's, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I see a therapist now. So like you have to work on it, but I do believe that, that being victimized that way has made me more sympathetic to other people in their struggle. And it has made me more sympathetic to other people's issues and what can come out of that and what negative effects it has on their life deep into their life. So I believe it helped me. So, so by by that logic, though, of saying like, "Hey, it helped," like you're leaving that person out there. I know, which is not probably not the greatest, right? And I mean, like, I, I, you you feel no responsibility there. Of I won't say I don't feel any, but I don't feel like it's up to somebody who has not gone through what I go through to tell me what's morally right to do about it. Now, no. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. No, no, no. I'm saying there are people out there who would look to do that. Well, right. And I mean, but like I said, you as one victim don't get to dictate what other victims feel. How there's, they feel. there's people who've been through the same situation who feel very differently. Who than just you, don't want to dig who, up. Or who wish that I could dig it up and I wish I could find that person and yeah. I wish I could get them off the streets. But I mean, obviously everyone's going to deal with this this in their own way. Mine would be easily I, found. I just, I just don't know if... When it comes when it comes to the big picture, should there be a statute of limitations to these things? Probably not. I, I, I don't think so. In the world of DNA and that kind of thing, we can find things and maybe this and this and that. I I, I don't know. It, it I don't know if I'd be wild about that. But yeah, I did go back to that house. I I remember I moved back to Ohio. I actually pulled into the driveway, and it was one of the most eerie feelings yeah. I've ever had in my entire life. But honestly, after that, and this is getting a little too personal, probably cried the whole way home. Obviously, behind the wheel of the car, but it was very therapeutic. It was like you know what, you almost need. Needed to like close that book and end that and start start the story anew and I didn't feel like that really started to happen until a I started to talk about it openly on the radio shows and then b having done that and now obviously through c then c now seeing a therapist trying to get over it and maybe not be so afraid of intimacy this deep in my yeah. life that might not be the worst thing in the world right we got might deep not here, be dude. the worst we got deep all right hold on maybe we should chug beer <laughs> smack chicks on the ass do something get the rock radio god damn it that's next on rock 1069 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Incarceration tickets up for grabs 845 this morning. Also, 
take uh, whiskey snobs down a peg. You know, technically it's bourbon if it's in this kind of barrel, and it's this, and it's this, and it's got oaky notes, Stansberry. If you don't know that, then you're just a flatfoot idiot. Well, then I'm a flatfoot idiot. Give me the $12 bottle of Jameson, and I'm good to go, you you snob. Yes, snob. Even though I'm a beer snob, but I was gonna say, <laughs> but it, but not really, because dude, I want to pound domestic lights. I do. I just I just do like IPAs as well. Yeah, I was gonna say you're not really a snob about it. It's just like, you no, know, I'll do both because that's dude, that's the thing that bothers me is the people who are like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. I'm like, how did you get drunk 20 years ago? What were you doing? By 20 drinking years Miller Light, by that, drinking Bud Light, right, by drinking right, Coors Light, right? Did I say them all? I think so. <laughs> get, get them all get in, them in there. there. I mean, dude, my favorite beer of all time is Rolling Rock. I mean, it's. I mean, that's. For a lot of people, they'd be like, oh, geez, that's cheap beer. But it, my brother was seven years older than I was. That's who went to the store to buy me beer when I was underage. That's what he bought because that's what he wanted. And next thing you know, like everybody else, I learned to love what <laughs> what I drank as a kid when I wasn't supposed to be drinking it. But I like IPAs too, but we will take whiskey snobs down just a peg. Going to do that here momentarily. 845. Also give you uh, those incarceration tickets as well. I've been saying this the last few days. The Browns are pulling me all the way back in. I can hear Dustin screaming from his garage right now. Just screaming. Like, hell yeah, they are. You can hear it. But they're pulling me back in. I've been talking about how we upgraded at GM. We upgraded at offensive coordinator. You upgraded at quarterback not once but twice. You upgraded at running back. You upgraded at wide receiver. We've added some defensive players. There's a lot of positive things going on with the Cleveland Browns right now. And Josh Gordon came out the other day and said, I feel like on talent alone, we got the best wide receiver core in the league. Now, Bleacher Report ranked everybody, and they had him at 12th. And I said yesterday that if you're ranked at 12th, I think it's possible you could go out there and perform this year as the number one wide receiver core. Do I think that's what happens? No, but I think they're going to be much improved, and uh, the product will look much better. I will agree with that, that it could happen. I think it's also worth noting you could be ranked number 12th and go out there and perform as the 25th best, and all of a sudden it's like, damn, dude, well, what, do we, what, do, what do we just do? Um, Hard to deny that. You're putting expectations, you know, and like I said yesterday, Josh Gordon is a wide receiver, and I think that's a confident position. You're putting a lot of expectations on your team, on your teammates, but I guess that's the name of the game. Uh, Tyrod Taylor came out and said, hey, I'm really glad that Josh Gordon has that level of confidence. Um, but at the same time, saying that doesn't win any games for us. It's up to us to go out there and execute it, and that's my job to make sure everyone's focused on I executing. It. I love it. Dude, I got to tell you, I like Tyrod Taylor. So do I. I so like I. him because, again, I my biggest problem with Kaiser was is he just made poor decisions in the red zone. Constantly. And the one thing Tyrod Taylor has that everybody like will pat him on the back for is he does not turn the ball over. I believe if you can protect the football, Tom Brady's great at this. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Right? If you can protect the football, you can win games. I think they're going to be much improved. I think they'll win games this year. I, I, I People who tell me it's eight games, I think you're nuts. I think it's closer to four. But I believe this, that when you watch the game, it to, to me, watching Browns games at one o'clock always was this. You watch it at one and it looks like terrible football. You turn on the four o'clock game, you got Dallas against Washington, and it looked like a completely different sport. Yeah. I think it will start to look more like professional football. <laughs> that is such a low bar. I know. As I that was is sa- so low. As I was saying it, I was like, "Geez, dude, like <laughs> this is like this is like oh my god, they didn't spill the juice in the back seat of the car. My kids are grown up." <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I'm, oh boy, my kids are geniuses now. Okay. Yeah, exactly right. Now, we 
I Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter. I've said mm-hmm. from the beginning I think Baker Mayfield's on on the field by week six. I just don't believe it. They said they weren't going to play Kaiser. They ended up having to do it. They they're telling you they're not going to play Baker Mayfield. I think they're going to do it now. Maybe John Dorsey, real GM, legitimate guy, steps in and says, "What are you doing? I just drafted you this kid at number one. You're not ruining him." No, 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 no. We're sticking with Tyrod Taylor. If that doesn't work, we'll go to Drew Stanton. We're giving Baker the year. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that was a part of the reason why Deshaun Kaiser failed. And in, in I, sometimes I say unfairly, but like at the end of the day, he failed. Dude wasn't ready for that position, but there was nobody in front of him to keep him out of the, out of the hole. To keep so, him at right. right. So maybe Dorsey steps in and says, no, 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 no. I drafted you this kid at number one. We're not ruining him. But Baker Mayfield, obviously, everybody can't wait for him. Um, I, I heard on ESPN yesterday that Tyrod Taylor is your starter, but when it comes to the media, Baker's getting all the reps. And that is, I mean, dude, there is a quarterback controversy kind of brewing here, even though like we're not officially underway yet. But the media caught up with Baker and how he's adjusting to the NFL game. He had this to say. The game's starting to slow down a little bit. Starting to recognize a little bit more, um, being more tuned in with my protections. And that just comes with the... Uh, continuing to learn the offense, learn our guys, uh, and just uh, in, in every aspect, just know where to go with the ball. I'm trying to use my resources, which is learning from Drew and also watching uh, Tyrod. So uh, the two great, two great guys to be around. Everybody knows the game, and you have to know your job inside and out if you want to have success because the, the skill level is all so similar. Yeah, you have your freaks of nature, but at the same time, everybody is so talented at this level. The difference is knowing the game, knowing where to go with the ball in my position, knowing how to execute your job you know, to the highest level. Now, I was a little, I don't want to say against the Baker Mayfield pick. I thought it was unconventional. I, I You had two prototype uh, you know, quarterbacks in that draft, we had the number one pick. I thought it was outside the box. Doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Um, you can talk to me about size issue. I believe if Baker Mayfield was 6'4", more people would be excited about him, but he's not 6'4". Right. Um, so so th- that is a legitimate thing. And uh, so I just thought it was an unconventional pick, but not necessarily wrong. But since then, I have really liked everything Baker did. He's not in Vegas on an inflatable swan getting hammered. He's kind of doing the right thing, right? Now, I don't want to get too crazy about nitpicking his words too much, and this is this a little bit, if I'm being honest. I would be careful telling the media that the NFL game is slowing down for you. Especially considering you haven't played an NFL game yet. Against anybody else's defense. Right, you have, you have not played an NFL game. I mean, it is just kind of running through the motions right now. They're not allowed to hit you. They're not, you know what I mean? So I would be, I, I would just, now again, I don't want to get too guilty of being like every little thing he says, we got to like, you know, we got to go over with a fine tooth comb. But I, if I were him, that is probably something I would not say again. Yeah, but you consider the the amount of the things that he said that have been right. And inevitably, you're going to come up with something where it's like, wait, did I really mean to say it like that because one of the things I read about him that I really liked was how much he was working under center because obviously you know he hadn't done it a lot in college as somebody who didn't do it a lot in college it's a part of the NFL game now we looked into it and we looked into it and it's not nearly the under center league that it once was a lot of guys run out of the shotgun I mean like in New England and Pittsburgh being two of them that did it primarily last year two Super Bowl contenders right so like it's not like oh dude you gotta be under center every single snap but he saw weakness saw where he can improve on it and recognizes maybe, it. Maybe saying the NFL game has slowed down for me, but like at least saying like, hey, what I'm working on right now, I've progressed in. It has slowed down for me. But really, like you said, I'm nitpicking. Nitpicking words here. Really are. Uh, Mayfield went on to say, like I said, it's human nature that you want to play, but I wasn't brought here just to start. I was brought here to help turn this thing around. Whatever my role is in that, 
that's what I need to do. And I, I can't. He's been killing it. I can't. I can't grade him on anything other than what he's done so far. I would love to be able to look into the future and say, hey, was the rookie year of Baker Mayfield a success? I don't know. But when it comes to what he's said, what he's done, the reports that you hear about this kid, I mean, it is just the one gripe. The one gripe. Well, he's only six one. He's only 6'1". And Tim Couch really put it into perspective for me when he was like, dude, these linemen are 6'6", 6'7". You're not throwing over their heads anymore. It's not 20 years ago. You're throwing through lanes. and as They're long moving as guys can, out of the as way. As long as you can see those lanes, as long as you can see that, that's what matters. It's not about it's not about tossing it over Joe Thomas's head. Dude, I've been saying this too with the Browns. Now's the time to get good. Big Ben is only coming back and playing more years because they drafted that kid. Like, dude, he's going to play out of spite. And, dude, they're going to have to end up forcing him out at some point. That New England thing is blowing up. Have you been paying attention? Bill Belichick canceled the last two days of OTAs. How unlike Bill Belichick is that? I, again, this is somebody else's argument. I, I saw this yesterday on, Fox, on FS1. After they won the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick went to the podium at the parade and started chanting no days off. So many times, guys stopped chanting it with him because of how many times he said it. And now all of a sudden, he's just like, yeah, let's cancel these OTAs. Dude, something's going on in New England. Meaning, dude, that he- that big-headed monster up there, that dragon everybody's worried about slaying. Now I know the Eagles beat him last year, but they shouldn't have. Honestly, at the end of the day, that was a mistake on Bill Belichick's part. And if you're contending for the championship, you're still a dragon. I'm sorry. Fine, they lost. Fair. So what are you going to say? Fair. They suck? LeBron's still a dragon. Fair point, right? Absolutely. But it's like, dude, that thing's going to come apart sooner or later. So now is the best time in the world for the Browns to get good. The Bengals are just what they are. The Ravens kind of now are trying to find their their next quarterback too. Big Ben's getting older. Brady and Bell are get, or Bill are getting closer to the end than not. Now is the best time for the Cleveland Browns to get good. We're buying in. We're getting sucked in. We're wearing the orange and brown colored glasses, dude. And I don't know. This is making me worry. Dude, they're going 0-16 again. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, I'll say this. Happen. If they go 0-16 this time, that coach better jump in that water when it's cold. <laughs> no, wait till June. Kind of nice outside. Then I'll do it. No, no, no. You play a winter sport. You jump your ass in there when it's freezing cold. They go 0-16. I want his ass in there when it's freezing. What is that fired? Well, all right. Fair <laughs> point. That's probably the better of two things. Look at me not focusing on what I should be focusing on. We don't normally do celebrity birthdays, but this time we kind of have to. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 845. We'll pass out those incarceration tickets. I'm super excited. I just got a text message from my friend Serene. Mm-hmm. And uh, her and her uh, friends are putting together, uh, not necessarily a golf outing, but they're all going to go play together on Saturday. She's like, dude, we need an extra. We're playing uh, Hawks Nest and Creston, which I've never played. And people swear to me it's awesome. She's like, we're teeing off at 11 o'clock. You want to be? You want in? Hell yeah, I want in. Saturday I'll be doing that. Pumped about that. Love playing courses I haven't played before. We don't normally do this here, um, but I feel like today we probably should. And it's Celebrity Birthday Day. Okay. Um, it is the president's birthday. Oh. The president is 72 years old. Now. I don't want this this portion of this conversation to necessarily be about the president. Okay. But my mom is 72. Okay. And I don't want her driving a car. Like, when I was in Vegas for Christmas, my mom drove us to the store. And Yeesh. I was like, dear God, what is happening right now? And I was more terrified for the times when I'm not in the car with her. Like, you, so you take my point here. Like, if I don't want car keys in my mother's hand at 72... 
Why is the country in the hands of somebody this old? Now, this isn't about Trump, because this is the way we always kind of do this. It is always somebody a little older. I don't know how old Barack Obama was when he, when he left off. One of the younger presidents. I, I believe he was one of the younger, younger presidents. But we seem to go old here for this position. Now, I know what the counter argument is. The counter argument is, well, of course, Stansberry, it's a pretty serious position. What we need is somebody with some life experience. Okay? I hear that. There are other jobs where you need some experience. And so, like head coaches of sports leagues, right? Now, Sean McVay for, you know, I believe it's the LA Rams, he's pretty young. And that was like, that made a splash, right? But mostly like an NBA, let's take NBA. We just ended with the NBA. Most of those guys are like 50, right? 50, 55? Yeah, I mean, in that that age range. Am I crazy to think that 72 might be? Now, I will admit this. For all the Trump faults I've seen this year, and for all the positives of the Trump thing that I've seen this year, nothing has made me go, man, he's just too old to do it. Nothing's been about his age. It's never it's never once come into my mind until they told me, until they drive home the number. Yeah, and that's the thing I was going to say, is that like when we talk about, I guess, elderly people, I mean, we're talking about a you know, septuagenarian here, so somebody who's been on the face of the planet for quite a while, 72 can be a lot of different things. Like To me, you hear 72, and it's like, oh my God, old, we've got to get you get, get from behind the wheel, dude. Or you're Jack probably doing, you're, Right, and I was going to say, there's definitely counter to that, where it's like, no, I still have full full capabilities, my but, body's working fine, and whether your body is or is not working fine is, is, is I mean, whatever. I mean, we've had a president in a wheelchair. I was going to say FDR. Interesting to note there, FDR when he was in that wheelchair, the press did not f- photograph him, would not photograph him. There was like a silent agreement there. And I was like, that's admirable. But at the same time, you're fake news then, right? I mean, if you're not showing pictures of the guy in the wheelchair because you want to well, cover that up. Under today's definition, you would be considered to be fake news. However, I think, what again, the internet is what does this. You go all the way back there. What they were saying is it's the responsibility of us to not freak the nation out over something that they don't need to be freaked out about. Lying to me. That's what I hear. I mean, well, it's my responsibility not to tell you that I cheated on you. I want to make sure you're not too sad. Oh, I disagree. I think that's, I think that's, you're lying to me. Again, I believe it is part of, well, not the, the press's job to lie, but again, I say all the time that, dude, the, the, you know, presidents lie all the time. You know what I mean? You can, uh, they all tell lies. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Lie. I mean, they, uh, they all, I mean, do they all tell us lies? Um, but that is, that is a, a weird thing with FDR there where I do believe that back then the press thought that they were doing what was right. I would argue there's some press members right now who feel like they're doing what's right, and truth is what's right. Justice is what's right, in my opinion. I want to see what's facts. I don't want to see what you think I need to know. We did have a different view of what we thought we had the right to know back then versus yeah. now. We did. And honestly, I would say that the American ideal of, I live here, I vote, I have the right to know everything, is what's led to the downfall of our democracy. If you believe it is in a downfall. I believe it does. I believe it has contributed to that. So too much information? I believe (sighs) most people cannot handle all the information that they're getting. That doesn't mean that we can't, that we don't give it to them though. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I believe it's one of those things that has led to the downfall because I believe the rush to get information out is what's led to misinformation and that we have a desire to be first, not factual. That that's that that's been a thing. Well, right, but but if you're hiding the facts, 
even if you think it's for for what I need, I, I, I you're hiding the facts. I actually, and, and I was singing the praises of this movie last week, I, Tanya, which is about the Tanya Harding thing, right? Right. There's a guy in there, and I forget his name, it, it, it is an actor playing a role, but he was the reporter from Hard Copy, that show that was on the air back in the day, oh, yeah. who like handled all this, right? Who did like all this, and he was the one that had Tanya's car towed, so she had to come out of the house so they could get pictures of her, wow. so they could put them in the newspaper, right? That's Welcome to the Media. And he actually looks into the camera in this movie and he says, yeah, I was a reporter for Hard Copy, which was a television show that the news looked down their nose at and then eventually became. And then he laughs. And he's absolutely right if you think about that. That is exactly what the news became. It became... Honestly, um, tabloid. That's exactly what news is. It's tabloid. Now you could. It's chicken and egg. Whose fault is that? The uneducated, you know, constituency of who's going to watch it, or are they just not, you know, rising up to what the level of their job should be? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little column A, little column B there. Another thing I saw with our president. Happy birthday, by the way, Perez. Yeah, seventy-two there. <clears throat> Happy birthday. I saw this. And I'm curious as to why this is not a bigger story. Because it seems to me like everything Trump says or does is a huge story. But then because of that, there will be something that happens that I think, well, that's going to blow up, right? And nothing and, happens. And crickets. Nothing happens. Yes, happens. Yeah, regular basis. You're like, oh my God, look at this. And nobody cares because you're screaming about something else. Because, some, okay. because, they're, so, because they're so alarming on other things. Apparently, he said the other day, we have a great country. You should stand for our national anthem, he said. You should not go into a locker room when our, na- when our national anthem is played. Now, I agree with those sentiments. I believe if you're out on the field, you stand. I believe you should come out of the locker room, show appreciation for your country. That's just where I line up, right? And so now Trump says he's going to ask protesting NFL players for examples of people who have been wrongly or unjustly imprisoned, and then he promised to consider using his pardon powers in those cases. Now, we just saw this with Kim Kardashian. He nom- or she nominated a woman, and Trump ends up then giving her a pardon. He says, I'm going to ask all of those people to recommend to me because that's what they're protesting, people that think that they were unfairly treated by the justice system. Well, first of all, I don't believe that's exactly what they're, what they're protesting. I believe what they would tell you is, is that they're protesting um, the fact that not that you're treated unfairly once you're in the courtroom, that they believe a lot of African-Americans never see a courtroom because they're shot before they have the chance to see that. I think that's actually what they're protesting. Now, I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, but I think that also a little, the, bit of, a little bit of both. I'm I was sure. going to say the bigger picture of injustices against minorities is it's that's within the realm Big of umbrella. what. Okay. And so, like, okay. I, I, I this is an opening salvo from him and he's trying to meet somebody in middle ground here. So I don't necessarily hate it. However, this is bargaining off presidential favors to get you to do what I want you to do. do. Right. Stand. And then I'll let your friend out of jail. And dude, for a media that is foaming at the mouth over this guy, this is just kind of like, Oh yeah. And this happened. And isn't that weird? And I guess really what this comes down to for me is that like, if you feel like, as president, that these people have been treated wrongly by the justice system, whether they're innocent or it was overly, you know, whether they were overcharged or oversentenced or whatever, it should it shouldn't be like, hey, well, if I get the NFL players to stand, I'll let you out. If that person is in jail 
unjustly, they should be out. That should no have barter. nothing. That should have nothing to do with the NFL. If if you can look at this case and say, yeah, this person probably shouldn't be in jail, but until you know, until Odell Beckham Jr. stands up, ah, I'm not letting you out, dude. That's that's a miscarriage of justice. If you're the person in jail, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. You recognize I'm in here unjustly, but it's Odell Beckham Jr. Right. that gets me out. Right. That's ha- a fair point. That's terrible. That's a fair point. Can I also say this? Yeah, of course I can. Well. I think pardon power is dumb. I don't get it. I get that back in the day when a guy had a six shooter and he was robbing stagecoaches, it's okay. like, yeah, let the okay. guy out. But like, there's so much political capital you either lose or gain by doing this that I think it's, I think it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be just like tossing them around. I wouldn't be like, all right, let's throw them out here. I mean, certainly, you know, the previous president uh, certainly did that. Um, but. <laughs> I guess I guess what it boils down to for me is you're acknowledging that the judicial system, that the court system's imperfect here. So like, how is it so quick with every other every other case? It's like, nope, dude, turn on the turn on the electric chair. Nope, throw him in jail forever. Throw the key away. When you're admitting there's injustice here, there are imperfections here. I don't know. Yeah, if you're gonna pardon people, how are you gonna kill people? How are you gonna how are you gonna execute people? I, and again, you and I disagree on corporal punishment. I'm kind of I'm not. I've always said about the death penalty. It's not that I'm for it. It's just that I only got so much energy to get geared up on certain things. It's one of those things I choose not to care about. And it's not that I'm so anti it that I don't think murderers deserve to die because I do. I just think the judicial system isn't foolproof enough. There are too many innocent people in jail, too many guilty people on the street for me to trust the government to start killing American citizens. It's too much for me. I mean, here's one of these things where I guess really what I mean to say is I don't really care, and I should, but I don't care if the state kills people. But Phantom's making an excellent, but again, like I'm not so pro-death penalty that I can't see your side of the argument because I can. Because what is my argument always? I want the government out of less things because they don't get anything right. That the, dude, even the post office isn't right. That's what that's uh, that's libertarians' favorite like line, right? Is that the government can't get anything right, let alone the mail, even the mail, right? That's our favorite argument. So then, but I am going to be in support of them. Well, you're going to get yeah. this right though, right? Yeah, turn on the electric chair. That, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's not like I'm pro death penalty. It's just I'm kind of like indifferent to it, which I know it's like, dude, that's a pretty serious thing to be indifferent to. But I just am. I just am. But I think pardon power is dumb. I want to go back to FDR a little bit here because I think Cole does have it actually a decent point. He writes in and says, okay. FDR was not photoshopped and reported because he was in a wheelchair because it was World War II. And at that time, you need to show the rest of the world strength. And if you show your leader in a, in a moment of weakness, and I'm sure that was the mentality that laid into that. That's still the media deciding I'm going to cover up facts of what is actually happening. For the greater good. <laughs> we're gonna get into uh, yeah. it. We're getting into it. I, I, dude, I hate the fact that I just said that because it's yeah. like, because here's the thing: I would not trust today's media to to look out for the greater good, and yet, much like any other thing you look at from the past, were they any more credible then? I'm the guy who's been telling you, dude. I think Walter Cronkite was lying from a, from a news desk from back in the day when it was easier to lie to you. What do you think they were doing when they were trying to move all that Geritol? You think they were telling you the truth? No. I think dude, I think the media has been lying to us forever, especially before you had the internet and the fact checking machine, and you couldn't just be like, "No, what you just said is false." You think they were telling you the truth just to be nice to you? No, I, I highly doubt that. It's interesting. I think pardon power is just really, really dumb. I don't get it, and I think there's a reason why most presidents have been really tight fisted with it, and it's because the mistakes 
are just the many. I mean, dude, Obama had that, where he let a guy out and he ended up killing somebody else. Not true. That's not true? Not true. Oh, my God. You see? Like, dude, I looked at three different fact-checking sites this morning that told me that was true. See what I'm saying? This is how this all happens. You can go to you can go to fact-checking sites who are out there to tell you this. I did it this morning. Three of them told me that story was true. Fantone's now telling me it's not. This is how fake news happens, people. There is, and I will preach this until they put me in the box and put me in the ground. It's about money. And this is why you have got to stop running around this country going, money don't matter, man. I got love. Money don't matter. Money's what makes it all move, bro. And it's what makes us all screaming at one another. And it's why we're all at each other's throats. And it's why it's the bed you're hearing underneath this conversation right now. Pass out those incarceration tickets and take whiskey snobs down just a peg. That will be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Uh, yo, guys, it is Fantone from The Stansberry Show telling you about Honor Fighting Championship. That's right, Fight Fest. It all happens June 30th from the legendary Chaparral's Event Center in Akron. Honor Fighting Championship, the fastest growing MMA promotion. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. Pass out those incarceration tickets here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. Uh, been promoting this all morning, and I don't know why. It's not like it's going to be the best thing you've heard. But I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just, dude, alcohol snobs need to be taken down a peg. Okay? As a guy who bartends, uh, Fantone does as well. There's... And I believe TV shows led into this. Like, people watch Bar Rescue, and then mm-hmm. they come in here and tell you how to run your bar. Like, oh, okay. a, dude, okay. when I owned my bar in Oregon, every idiot came in there and was like, oh, my God, well, John Taffer. Well, first of all, dude, you ever watch <laughs> that show? The first thing John Taffer does is tell you to kick out your entire crowd and raise your prices 30%, which would close most bars in America tomorrow. It's a TV show for a reason. There's, I mean, dude, I, the guy ran the Troubadour back in the day back in, in L.A., and it, he did. He did a phenomenal job with it, but I think Rat and Motley Crue had a lot to do with that. I think that a lot of those bars, too, just like restaurants that Gordon Ramsay is, saved and fat people who got skinny on the biggest loser ended up in it's a, like winning the lottery you end up going broke yeah anyway. well, i was gonna say within a year you're already back to where you, you know were why? because you're a crappy owner to start okay. like that, that i mean that, that that's part of it <laughs> that's right. that's honestly that's part of it most of john taffer's advice would close most bars in america let's just get that out there Second, then you get all like these specialty shows where they show you some guy and he's a he's a mixologist, which is a fancy way of saying bartender, which is a douchey way of saying bartender. You're a bartender. It's liquid from a bottle into a glass. You're not special. It's yeah. a mixologist. It makes dude that stuff makes me crazy. But through that, then people feel like they're getting really educated on the ways of booze. And so now when you're standing behind a bar, you need to know what the IBUs of that beer are and what's the bitterness rate and what's this and what's that. And dude, you're a douche. Yeah, shut you don't up. really know anything. Shut up. And you're just regurgitating the stuff you heard, and you're annoying a bartender. What once only existed in the world of wine, who was like, oh, uh, smell the deep the aromas. Hated, hated you guys. We just, you despised you, and now all of a sudden, it's beer, it's it, it's alcohol, it's, dude, any way to get drunk. It's like, no, I gotta, I gotta smell it. I gotta, t- what are the undertones? Shut up. What are you talking about? So whiskey's kind of going through this, because yeah. bourbon and whiskey's kind of had a resurgence recently. Rise, or, uh, Rise yeah, are really yeah. big. Yeah. With the bullet bourbon, and there's a thousand of them, right? So, the best, they just named the best whiskey in the world. They just had another competition and had the best whiskey in the world. At the Spirits Business Scotch Whiskey Masters. Good Lord. 
So this wasn't just like three dudes getting drunk in a parking lot deciding which bottle they liked the best. This was actual judges and things right. like that. Okay. All right. Let me ask you what you think. The bottle of whiskey rated the best in the world at the Spirits Business Scotch Whiskey Masters would cost. Dude, I mean, whiskeys definitely get expensive, especially once you get into like those. Um, uh, well, Johnny Walker Blues, like right. thirty-five dollars a shot. Right, 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 right. I was gonna say once you once you step up out of the Jack Daniels and Bullet, I mean, you're getting up in there. So I'm gonna say, I don't know, two thousand, twelve hundred bucks, fifteen hundred, something like that. You're way wrong. Okay, you're way wrong. They're saying that the best bottle of whiskey you can buy in the world is under twenty dollars. Okay, Aldi's, their brand. Of Highland Black Scotch Whiskey, just ranked the best in the world at a whopping $17 a bottle. Alcohol snobs, stop. You're douches. We've seen this with wine, where it's like, dude, a $10 bottle of wine has crushed in competitions. Crushed. You don't sommeliers. What a, oh my God. I just want to rip their pretentious faces off. You see this in Vegas a lot. Like they have Oriel there where it's like this wine bar where like the sommeliers are on like wires and they go up the tower to go get you this bottle of wine. And they're giving you the, dude, this is like Kiss. They give you all the smoke and mirrors because the music's not any goddamn good. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. A $17 bottle of whiskey. Best in the world. Nice job. Your shot at incarceration tickets right now. We'll take caller 30, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Start the final hour of the program next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. So much for my prediction of Phil Mickelson doing well at the U.S. Open. Currently two over through three holes. Yikes. A lot of golf left, right? Yikes. Oh, yeah. Plenty. Plenty. But, dude, I've been saying, man, U.S. Opens are hard. Great players miss the cut routinely. I think there's a chance Tiger might not make the cut. If he doesn't drive the ball straight, I think he could be in trouble. I, um, I've been harping on this a lot, and I'm sure some of you find it annoying, but I've, um, I, I've been working towards a goal of losing some weight, getting better fit um, and better shape. And I've talked about this a lot. I don't care about living any longer. I care about not feeling like crap while I'm living. Um, I, I care about no longer not wanting to look at myself in a mirror and think to myself, Jesus, you look awful while I'm alive, right? So I find myself reading more things about this. How do I stay motivated? How do I, you know, how do I change up my routines to where I'm getting the most out of them? What do I, you know, how do I do this stuff, right? So I read this article in Men's Health that is in complete contrast to other advice I've been given. They say here, that the lack of motivation, they believe, is what plays a large role in the reason why 68.8, so we'll call it 69% of Americans, are overweight and or obese. So almost 70% of people are, are overweight or obese. They believe lack of motivation plays a large role. Yeah, I, would, I, I think it would be hard to deny that. I also think the bigger role is, is that um, food is very convenient for you. It's easy to get. You can get it 24 hours a day, and it's delicious as hell. And so you combine all those things together, people are going to abuse it. I just believe that, right? But what they suggest you do now with the gym is a new process called temptation bundling. Meaning what you should do then is pair two activities. And 
what they're saying is is go to the gym but listen to a book on tape. Right? That that if you do this, you're getting it, it's twofold now. Um, where people used to look at books on tape as like, uh, you're not really reading a book. Where, you know, some people learn differently. You could, you know, if you say things to people versus them reading it, they they can retain the information better. Yeah, I feel like I, I stand on the side of books on tape aren't the same thing as reading a book. I, really? I 100% stand Why? on that side. Um, Listening to something better than not, reading something better than listening to something. What it, well, is again, though, there are people who learn differently. I than think you. I think I think most of those people are just like eh, it's easier to listen. I don't necessarily think that's as much as much. Hey, this is I learn better. It's this is more convenient. Therefore, I'll hide behind I learn better here. It's a little bit like ADD there, right? Mm-hmm. I have ADD. You just assume you do. When mm-hmm. in reality, no, you just don't want to pay attention to what you're paying. Attention I just don't to. want to read it. Read it to me. That's what I think is much more likely. They say if you do this, you're tempting yourself then to go back to the gym because you want to finish this book. Oh, so this is only you're only using this in. So I can't I can't listen to it in my car, then listen to it in the gym, and then listen to it in my car again. It's, no, they're saying you okay. bundle these two things together. Okay, okay. They say when their team looked in uh, locked the audiobook devices away in a locker between training sessions, participants worked out sixty percent more often. Meaning they wanted to get back to that story. You leave a cliffhanger right. there in those books. I want to know. So if the gym's where I get this, I'll go bundle it together. And they say this is flies in the face of the no pain, no gain system. Now, I have heard the complete opposite of this. Joe Rogan is a guy who obviously has a pretty well-known podcast. Um, he's obviously a UFC commentator. He's a comedian. But he's very into weight loss. And um, physical fitness and being in shape. He actually owns part of a company called On It, where they sell like things for this. Yeah, right? homie's jacked, dude. I mean, Joe Rogan, like jacked for for, for a middle aged comedian, like podcast hoster. Yeah, dude. I mean, pretty big guy. I think he's closer to fifty than not, somewhere around there, right? But he's a pretty interesting guy. And so I'll will listen to Joe when when in, in the ways of this. I don't think he's right about everything, but when no. it comes to like, hey, dude, I'm a little older. This is what helped me get in shape. I'm like, well, look at him. I would like to look like that. I guess I can take that advice. It's when fat people email me and go, how'd you lose all that weight? I tell them and they go, you could never do it that way. It's like, bro, you literally just sent me a message asking me how I did it. You're heavier than I am. Quit telling me how I can't do it this way. But somebody who's in much, much better shape than you can listen. Now, he maintains that honestly, if you listen to music or anything at the gym, that you're cheating yourself. He says, obviously, listening to music doesn't make it any easier on your body, but you're making it easier on your mind, meaning you are, you are getting the physical benefit of the exercise, but you're robbing yourself of the mental benefit of exercise. He's that, that there's a, there, there, he believes now again, this is a guy who does DMT, you know, right. that kind of stuff. And, you know, chambers where he like, you know, does that whole thing and freezes himself, the whole thing. He's kind of nuts, but he believes that if you push your body and your mind to exhaustion, that there's a sense of euphoria and clearing of the mind that happens. But if you're listening to Godsmack while you're running the Stairmaster, you're not getting that. Because your mind is, 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 isn't focusing on its pain, on the struggle, on the, on the achievement. It's focusing okay. on the Godsmack. Uh, okay. So here's what okay. I can tell you. Okay. I bought a pair of Beats by Dre 3's uh, wireless headphones to wear at the gym, right? Sometimes I remember to charge them, sometimes I don't. And I don't know who's right here, but I will tell you that, and this just happened to me yesterday, I worked out yesterday, and in the middle of my workout, 
my headphones died. Didn't have a way to charge them at the gym. Had to finish the next like 35 minutes of my workout without music. Okay? That is a different feeling. You feel different when you go to the gym and you don't listen to music versus when you do. So I don't know who's right, but I can kind of see Joe's point. Where it's like my body feels one way, but am I missing out on the enlightenment aspect of this with my brain by shoving music into it constantly while I'm doing it? Well, aren't I going to start, I mean, at that point, aren't I listening to the treadmill of the guy next to me? Aren't I listening to the dude grunting next to me? Am I really, are my circuits, am I just going to replace Godsmack with noise that's naturally happening? Am I really going to ever just focus in, 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 intently and 100% on, on like the pain? Well, again, they even say with like... When you're, God, what's it called? I just had a complete and utter brain fart. When you're having a brain fart? No, when you're sitting there. Um, uh, Meditating? Yes. Okay, there, there it is. Jesus, there it is, Lord, that was scary. There it, is. there it is. How embarrassing that is. That's all right. He says that, honestly, that, that you never get full silence, that essentially what you end up doing is just concentrating on your breathing, and that, that through that repetition of that is what takes you to that place. I guess if you're getting into, like... Hey, I'm Joe Rogan, and I'm 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 training for a UFC fight. Or you're an Instagram model who's like, Hey, I, I you know I it's the definition of my abs is what defines me as a human being. Yeah, but I think most people, it's probably just like getting there and getting through it is the toughest part. And if Godsmack or you know Buck Cherry is what gets me through it, it's better than not going. You know what I mean? If that's it, like, well, I think there's a mixture here. I think yes, I think if you're in the early stages of this, do whatever it takes to get your ass in there and do it. I think it's something like 65 percent of people quit an exercise routine within the first year. Like so, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, I bet it's more. When So whatever it takes to get you there and get you started, I'm all for. But there is a little bit of me now. Like it's, This is especially true in the sauna because I don't always want to bring my phone or my headphones in there because it's like 180 degrees in there. That honestly, that when I don't take music in there, that I end up just, I find myself eyes closed. I'm thinking a little bit more. And dude, you do. You get more clear. You think more clearly. You think, I start you know evaluating other things. I start triaging my day and like what's most important and like what do I got to do next? And I believe that there's a mixture here. That if you're that if you're starting a routine out, whatever it takes. If you need a little bit of Godsmack to make it through the stairmaster, I'm not going to knock it. But once you start to break that barrier down, once you start to get to the the thing and you hit that plateau where the body's like, yeah, dude, nice trick. We got to switch this up. I do believe he might be right here. We're taking the music away and folk and having the brain able to focus on nothing but the pain you're putting your body through might bring you to a place of enlightenment i know i sound like a total hippie i know i do but i but i think there might be something to that did you know on tusk there is a place it's by the arby's that has those chambers that has those float tanks that has those there's like a rock salt like no room like you go in there but they also got like the hyperbaric chamber and they have the um the submersion tank that you go in and it covers you yeah it's this building i think it's between Arby's and the Animal Hospital are right next to those two. I think it's before you get to, to to Little Caesars. So if you hit the guy playing the guitar out in the front, you've gone too far. But it's it's yeah, it's right there. On That's toss. always a good rule of thumb, by the way. <laughs> if you reach that guy too far, turn around, go back the other way. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansbury Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're online for you at WRQK.com. I floated this idea the other day on social media, and of course, social media overthunk it. Well, let's overthink it, man. 
And I floated this idea. That with Hollywood remake crazy, yeah, and conservatives yeah. looking for their TV character, why are we not reviving Family Ties? Alex P. Keaton was one of the best conservatives on television, but of course Mike Polk and his Twitter army overthunk it and was like, "Well, what are we going to do? It's not real. They're not. They're, they don't even recognize the conservative party anymore. He'd basically be this now, or he'd be this now." Well, way to overthink it, Twitter. But what I'll tell you is, why couldn't you do it that way? It's still hippie parents, and then why couldn't the kid be young and then be a frustrated conservative with, like, what's happening to my party? Where'd it go? Why can't we just be, why can't we just get back to fiscally conservative? Why do we got to be, why do we got to be hysterics? Why do we got to be this? Why do we got to, so you see what I'm saying? Like, I still think it's a really, really, really good idea, and the writing takes care of itself. It's still hippie parents and conservative kid. Well, I would say, wouldn't it be the opposite, though? Wouldn't it be Michael J. Fox has grown up? He's got a wife, and now they have a kid who's the exact opposite of them. Wouldn't that be like really the way to do it? Wow. Okay. Now that is probably how the te- how the television network would do it is because then you get the parent who's a little bit more conservative, which is traditionally the way it is anyway. You the the, the older you get, the more conservative you are. Yeah, and I mean that story of teenage rebellion, regardless what you're rebelling against, whether that's your parents being too liberal, too conservative, being whatever they are. That's I mean it's just a huge part of growing up. I couldn't understand what people were on me about this it's like guys they figure out the writing like stop stop making it about this and then sure enough i post it and then everybody's like liberals and then you know conservative it's like oh my god dude this is why everything sucks is because you can't just be like hey this would be kind of cool but isn't the reason really everything sucks is because nobody can come up with anything original. Everyone's lazy. Everyone's just like, yeah, dude, whatever. Michael J. Fox, well, who cares? Well, no, 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 because what I, this is what I've always maintained, is that everything's been remade a thousand times. They just didn't call it the same thing. They used to just lie to you. As a matter of fact, I was watching, okay. all right, so I have okay. Hulu, right? I, I, I bought Hulu with live TV, so I have this, right? And I, like you, you know, like everybody else, you know, will eventually look for something to binge watch. And so late at night, as I'm going to bed late at night, 8 o'clock, as I'm going to bed and I'm binge watching, I've been going back and watching this, you know, sitcom that used to be on ABC. It's called Happy Endings. And I always thought that show was pretty funny. Uh, Damon Wayne's kid is in it, pretty funny. And I, I felt like it never really got, like, a fair shake. And in one of the episodes, like the one girl's dating somebody and he starts to say, hey, Ross, hi, Rachel, hi, this. And they're, they're basically making fun of themselves like, dude, we made friends again. Like, that's essentially what we did is we made friends again. And I think that's the way it was always was is like we never thought about it. But I mean, it's they, all they did. They always rehashed the idea. They just now are telling you, hey, here's a rehashed idea. Yeah, very few original thoughts, stories, jokes, anything, songs, anything anymore. It's just a copy of a copy of a copy. I, I, I mean, but the thing is, I would say like, well, eventually the bubble's going to pop when it comes to this nostalgia thing, no. but it hasn't popped in the past 10 years. So why is it going to pop today? It's only you know going to get I mean? worse because, well, not worse, but the, the nostalgia is only going to change is that it'll be instead of like the stuff in the mid 80s that's hot, it'll be stuff from the early 90s that'll be hot that's that, that, that is i mean if you're looking at if you're if you're netflix right now and you're looking through the back catalog of shows like what do we redo what do we remake what do we revitalize um you know top of your head give me three. Oh, what am i gonna do here uh we've talked about it before about night court i think that's a winning winning idea i agree um i've always wanted to see kind of a remake of wkrp it, just because i'm a radio person so that's definitely something that i would want to watch and i think cheers a bar is always going to be a winning idea and there's all three of those things would be very easy to do update the radio with a podcast, podcast yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. you know you're working at a satellite station i heart radio maybe you're working at the, at the rock mother i don't know <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe you're working here. Maybe you're the iHeartRadio Music Festival organizer. You might be. I don't know. Something. <laughs> something. So the Dr. Johnny Fever. Um, okay. I'm going to give you some shows I loved that I think could maybe be done today that, that, that could use an update. Um, I think Family Ties is a home run. I agree. I think it's a home run. I agree. I think Night Court is a home run. Um, I think Three's Company today could be a home run, um, especially with the thousand ways you could go. Two transgenders and then this. You could do a thousand different variations of that. The left could have a field day with that. I think that that's a big one. W- uh, WKRP was a good choice, man. I love that show yeah, growing up, dude. And, of course, I mean, people are like, dude, who cares about that show? Radio sucks, man. Son of a bitch. Well, they're saying that while listening to the Son radio, of a though. Bitch. They're saying that while listening to the radio. More Stay Asbury Show is right around the corner. You guys hang out. For elite security consultants, Fantone and myself will both be on site July 14th as they're going to give you the opportunity to take a door. Essentially, what they have is they have a hostage type situation building, and you kick the door open and you clear the room out. Fantone and I both did it, and it's awesome. It's an absolutely amazing experience, dude. And if you've ever thought to yourself, man, I'm a badass dude, I'm, I'm an action hero, I could be living that video game. Uh, this is 100% your opportunity, man. Uh, you are loaded up in riot gear. The music's blasting. The lights are blasting. And you got to go in and clear that room. They have an awesome video that's giving you a better look at what we're talking about. And you can see that at ESCOhio.com. That's ESCOhio.com. Uh, yo, guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show telling you about Honor Fighting Championship. That's right, Fight Fest. It all happens June 30th from the legendary Chaparral's event. Center in Akron. Honor Fighting Championship, the fastest growing MMA promotion in America. If you've been to one of these events, you know why. If you haven't, make sure Fight Fest is the one you come to. We've got 17 hard hitting bouts lined up, and you could be a part of the action. Tickets still available as well as VIP packages. Get yourself hooked up at honorfightingchampionship.com. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Miss anything this morning? Podcast it right there. This is like Stansbury Day. Really? It's like Christmas. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, dude, you, you got the U.S. Open starting today. I got Tiger at, uh, at a quarter to two on TV today. Can't wait for that. And then I completely forgot all morning. Later on this evening, I'll be at the Hard Rock Roxino seeing one of my favorite bands ever. Jeez. What's going on? Tonic's playing tonight. They're opening up for the Gym Blossoms. Now, I kind of like them a little bit, too, but I am a huge Tonic fan. Like, I love that band. And uh, they're in. They're playing in support of uh, the Jim Blossoms this evening, Hard Rock Roxino, and that's where I'll be. Jeez, it is Stansbury. It day. is Stansbury Day. Then I get the U.S. Open all weekend. Right. I'm playing golf all weekend. I got plans to do so already. Playing a couple of courses I've never played. Dude, I'm looking forward to this. Dude, just nobody dropped the Acme Anvil on me today. Nobody. You doing anything cool today? Oh, dude, it's setting up your new TV, right? Well, no, because it's not going to be delivered. It's still uh, it's still in transit there. It has, when does that get here? has not been delivered yet. I don't know. I haven't checked the tracking. I mean, I bought the thing last night, so I kind of figured, well, we might as well wait till today. Uh, worth noting about today, though, uh, all those great things about Stansberry. Also, the president's birthday. We mentioned that earlier. Happy birthday, president. And today's also flag day, too. Oh, look at that. You know? Interesting that those are the same... Very interesting. I, uh, you know what I did that wasn't smart. What'd you do? Um, is that I went to I saw like one of the local news stations. I think it was like Cleveland nineteen. Okay. Posted a photo of the president. Said, "Hey, it's his seventy two birthday. Wish you know, wish the president a happy birthday." Okay. And I read the comments on that post. Oh, I'm sure they were all very even keeled here. Yo, everybody had their emotions <laughs> okay. in check. Okay. Everybody right. just had full grip of their horses. Yes. Like it was. I mean, it was nuts. Logical, rational conversation, I'm sure. I, you know, and I had said during the election, 
that for what I do for a living, you couldn't ask for a better guy to get for president because the storylines would be abound. They'd be everywhere. But any, you can't even do it. Nope. Can't even talk about it. Because even people who, like, it used to be that if you disagreed with somebody, but you made a joke that was funny about the administration, you'd be like, all right, I like this administration. This is my guy, but that is funny. I'd have to admit that. Where now, it's you can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it at all. I mean, it, 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 we're talking about a president who raw-dogged a porn star, and when we talked about that, people were like, well, that's not even news. You shouldn't even be talking about that. A president raw-dogged a porn star. That's worth talking about. I'm sorry. It is. It's worth re-election <laughs> is what it's worth. That's it. We're done for the day. Podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. WRQK.com. Aside from that, we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 1069.